The longer you listen to this podcast series, the more you're going to hear people tell you, go and see your GP first. So I thought we'd better do that. But the advice I'm after is how to make a GP visit work well. What do they want to know? How can you tell them what's really going on without worrying you're being judged? And how can you find a GP that works for you? Hi, I'm Penny Terry, and there's plenty of health speak and debate about how long you're likely to get in that room with your GP. So I've booked an appointment with Dr. Ross to get the lowdown on getting the best out of that time. Ross was a GP for years. He's worked in hospitals, in the outback, and he now manages GPs, operating more than 30 medical centres around the country. Let's hear what he thinks you can do to get the best out of your GP appointment. When you're going to see your GP, you need to realise that you're probably going to get less than 15 minutes. Unfortunately, the way healthcare is funded, and we could go on for hours about this, GPs get paid the same amount of money under Medicare to see a patient in 20 minutes or six minutes. You know, if your GP's spending 14 minutes with you, they're effectively sacrificing potentially half their income to double the time they talk to you. So so I think we need to give GPs some credit for spending, you know, 13 or 14 minutes for a start. But even that is not very long, is it? You know, so, so what can you do as a patient to maximise that time? Well, you need to go and prepare. You know, you need to have thought about what's wrong with you and you need to be able to tell the GP a story. And, and if you can go reasonably confidently telling your GP a story about what's happened, um, then that will go a long way to helping the GP to keep his or her mouth shut and listening to you. And so the kind of things that they want to know about is, and, and this is the way we present cases uh, to other doctors, you know, you usually start off with a summary. You know, this is, this is the presenting symptom. So this person's come in with a cough that has lasted for three weeks. And then we go on and start to think about what's background to that. You know, did it start with something? Did you actually swallow something? You know, did you have a chest infection first? You know, have you had a cough for a long time? Have you had asthma in the past? What happens is that your GP will very quickly start to make assumptions about what's causing your cough. Um, And that can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing if they're on the wrong track because they can then start to ask you questions that actually aren't related to what's really going on. So if you can retain as the patient sort of some control of that story so that you actually are telling the GP, this is what I've got, but this is what surrounds it, you'll get a better outcome and you'll feel happier at the end because you'll at least feel that the GPs listen to you. The real trap is people that walk in and say, here's my symptom, what are you going to do about it? And then they just stop and and wait and they sort of throw the ball to the GP who then has to choose which road am I going to go down talking about this symptom? And so if they go down the wrong road, it can end up in a poor consultation. How can we tell if our doctor's a good one or a bad one? Yeah, look, I suppose medicine is no different than any other profession that, you know, that people, um, you know, the quality of, of doctors varies. Um, however, I think that most doctors are highly competent. And, and I don't just say that because I'm a doctor, but, you know, knowing this, the, the, the system they go through for learning and training and, and keeping up their skills, most doctors... Um, are competent. Now, the reality is, though, that 
different doctors have different specialty areas. And if you've got a, um, you know, if you've got um, exercise-induced asthma and you're not getting, you know, you don't feel like that's being managed properly, then maybe you should go and find a GP who specialises in sports medicine. Or, you know, if you've got uh, some sort of allergies, you know, you can find a GP who's got a bit more knowledge in that area, you know, or, or potentially a specialist or something. But, but I suppose the first thing I would say to anyone um, when looking for a GP, trying to assess whether they're any good, is, is can you communicate with the person? And of course, different people appeal to different people. My dad goes to see a very cranky GP <laughs> who runs on time all the time, and he's very happy about that, you know. But I happen to think his GP is bloody hopeless, you know. But um, he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, if you actually walk out of conversations with your GP thinking, I have no idea what he's talking about, well, probably that's not the right GP for you to go and see in future. Um, the second thing is that every single GP would have some of their 25 or 30 patients that they see a day who they don't really know exactly what's going on with them. So, And that's completely normal. That's not about not being a good GP. That's about the fact that every symptom, you know, a, a simple cough can have... 500 different causes and whilst most of the time I can look at you and think right well that coughs because you've got a cold or pneumonia or asthma or heart failure or and 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 listening to your lungs and checking your ankles and doing various different things helps me to decide that at the end of the day it is a little bit of a guess a guess and we have what we call a differential diagnosis list What's that mean? Yeah, so what that means is that after I've seen you, even though I have taken your history and I've examined you um, and I've told you that I think that you've got a cold, I'll have probably written down in your notes, but it also could be this or this or this or this. So if you think someone's got a cold and they're not about to, you know, um, cark it sort of overnight, completely reasonable, send that person home and say, all right, well, Let's treat you as though you've got a cold. But of course, if this or this or this happens, then come back and see me because that might mean I've got it wrong. I feel like the new role in my head of a GP is like a risk assessor. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. It is. And, um, you know, the problem with being a GP, I suppose, from everyone's point of view, both the GP and the patient, is that if you take your car into your mechanic, look, you know, often they're doing exactly the same thing. You know, you've got a rattle under the, you know, under the bonnet. They think, well, this could be A, B, C or D. Um, A is the easiest, cheapest thing to fix. So let's fix A first and see what happens, you know. So I suppose the GP is doing much the same. The difference is that, you know, if the GP gets it wrong, um, the consequences, you know, arguably could be a lot, uh, a lot worse. So, so the other thing that we do that we're taught as GPs is to figure out what's most likely, but then also figure out what's dangerous. So, you know, so if I sit there and I think, well, you know, your cough's probably a cold, but, you know, there's some elements to it that have got me a bit worried, even if it's not likely then they'll usually do something to rule that out. That's something that might make patients feel uncomfortable and might also make GPs feel uncomfortable, I don't know. Is it okay to Google as a GP? Yeah, look, it's a funny one, isn't it? I um, Over the last couple of years, I've been doing a little bit of work in the emergency department just to keep up my clinical skills. And I quite sheepishly, you know, went to the computer and thought, oh, look, I'm just going to look this up. And I was a bit embarrassed about the whole thing and think, I hope no one sees me looking this up. Back in my day, you know, if you were caught sort of looking something up online, everyone would think you were a complete goose. Whereas now, I, got, I went to the computer to look this thing up and I reckon there was 15 open Google pages of different conditions and medications and what 
our young doctors are taught these days. You can't know everything and don't guess and don't, don't bullshit people that you know everything. Funnily enough, you know, if you're confronted with a doctor who's comfortable and confident enough to be looking something up in front of you, probably should be quite pleased with that, you know. So, so the Google version is the no bullshit version. <laughs> um, but just talking about that, there will be people listening that know they're doing some stuff that's not good for their health. They'll know they're probably not eating as well as they can. They're, they're smoking. They shouldn't be doing that. They might not be exercising enough. They're overweight. And as a result, some people don't like going to the GP or they might doctor shop. How do you, how do you approach that as a GP but also as a patient so that that judgment isn't felt? Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? I don't think anyone would go to their mechanic and withhold some of the information. You know, oh, there's a, there's a knock under the bonnet, but I'm not going to tell him that I haven't put oil in my car for the last two years because, you know, like, well, maybe you would, but, you know, <laughs> but it's pretty silly. You can see, you know, the effect that that would have. Um, I think that the first thing people need to realise is that um, each of us think we're pretty individual and different and bizarre and, and disgusting and, and whatever in our own special ways. But at the end of the day, if you've been a GP for a while, you've seen it all. And the stuff that people tell you that sometimes they you know, think is going to really shock you is just not really that shocking, to be perfectly honest, you know. And I think you've just got to go in with an attitude that the GP is not there to judge you. You know, they're there to actually diagnose what's wrong with you. And if you don't give them all the information, they can't possibly make the right diagnosis. So, so that's fine. If, if you don't want to tell them that you're taking um, natural medicine or you don't want to tell them you're a smoker or you want to lie about how many beers you have a day or whatever, well, but you just need to assume that you're going to get poor health care. And just, just be honest, you know, and, uh, and I think that what you tend to find is that once people start to be a bit honest with their GP and open up, um, they become more and more honest because they actually realise it didn't, didn't hurt them, you know, and, and the GP didn't judge them and, and it just led to a good outcome. Thank you, Dr Ross, for squeezing all of that information into 10 minutes. I hope that that's helped you get more out of the time you're given with your GP on your next visit. Speaking of next visits, our next guest deals with people who have an ongoing problem with their body. You will have heard of it, but how much do you know about it? It's more like I'm a munted pancreas. It's more like... <laughs> no one wants a munted pancreas. That's right. You've got to kind of try to live with this different body. See you then on HealthSpeak. This podcast was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government.